G'day everybody and welcome to episode 36 of Expand the Phantom podcast with uh, some very exciting news. Uh, I'm Joe and with me as always is Jermaine and Steve. How are you guys? Howdy. Pretty good, thank you. Awesome. Hey, how are you going? Awesome. So, um, today we had a very long-awaited and long happily, yeah, long, long-awaited and happily received announcement from through publications that everything is now, what would you say, maybe not back in order, not maybe back as it was, but everything's, you know, back in production, I suppose, is the best way to put it. It's happy times. The milk is flowing. Yeah. <laughs> Do we get? Oh yeah. As well? It's 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 been it's been waiting a while, hasn't it? It has. It has. It's been well since what was the last issue? The Christmas special at the end of mm. December. So. Yeah, I was waiting about... for. Um, I'm waiting on eBay for like everyone to like you know to put up the 1744 as the title as the last free issue ever quick buy the buy this <laughs> rare limited edition story or something like that. I was waiting for that to start appearing on uh, eBay, but um, thankfully we won't have to worry about that one anymore. No, exactly. So for those that uh, may not have seen it yet, Glenn Ford, who is one of the new owners of Fru along with Renee White, uh, posted on Facebook uh, about three o'clock, I think it was, um, this afternoon, announcing that he and Renee uh, now own the company. He posted quite a long message, which we'll um, get into in more detail in a minute. But it was uh, about an hour later than was originally thought the the announcement would be made, which in turn was probably a good month later than a lot of people thought or a lot of people hoped, which led to some, how should we put it, un, unfan-like behaviour from some people on Facebook. Um, Look, they annoyed, they frustrated the hell out of me, right? Yeah. We won't mention names, but, you know, like, but I can see where they're coming from. Mm. You know, like, and we, as, as annoying as they were and as... Um, some of the some of the discussions got quite heated, and um, you know, like I think some people were trying to give out red cards to people and stuff like that, and other people were told to you know they need to go med- med- um, meditate on some of their actions and stuff like that. So it got quite heated, but I can understand where they're coming from. Like you know, even I was getting frustrated, and we kind of knew a little bit what was going on. You know, we knew the backstory and stuff, which Glenn has mentioned in his message. But a lot of these people didn't know. All they saw was, you know, silence and noise of crickets when, you know, they were trying to, um, you know, get their comics. So I can see where they're coming from, but at the same time, yeah, some people really need to um, uh, maybe go to some um, Phantom Anonymous and, you know, get their addiction looked at. <laughs> if that's how they behave, it's like it's like you know, it might be stronger than crack. You know, people that are addicted to crack usually behave a little bit better than that. Yeah, I, I don't think being a Phantom fan is an excuse. I think they just need to work on not being a tool. <laughs> but um, yeah, some of that behaviour was was really uncalled for. And like you, Jermaine, I understand that they're frustrated. And you know, it was it was a long delay, but some of that stuff was really uncalled for. But we don't want to give that sort of behaviour too much air, so we'll mm. move 
move right on to the good stuff, which is uh, that Fru is back. Yes. So, of course... Yes. Did you see all the um, everyone's reaction after they made the announcement? That was the most positive thing. It was fantastic. Yeah. I was cheering. I had smiles on my face. People yeah. who hadn't posted for the past month are now posting and sending all this goodwill towards Fru and Glenn and Renee. It was just fantastic to read. I yeah. really enjoyed you know, no, all the little comments. Oh, I, I, I'm just happy when people are happy. And I was happy that these were people whose names or pro, you know, little face, little thumbnail pictures I hadn't seen over the past month, um, you know, putting their, their little two cents in or, or whatever, just being involved. These were people who were just happy to have their phantom back or their comic back in, in safe hands. And it was all just congratulatory, you know, and patting on the back. And I thought that was just a nice turnout, a great... Um, it was the complete opposite of what we've had, especially in, in the last couple of weeks. You know, the mm. um, thing had really amped up. So to see the the absolute 180 change was fantastic. Yeah, and it's interesting. And that fantastics with a PH. It is. <laughs> and it's interesting you say it's people that hadn't posted for a little while because they might have been the people that were sitting back just waiting patiently but also interestingly the people that were doing all the whinging haven't said anything yet so I hope they're yeah. off eating their hat somewhere and getting indigestion um, so we um, we'll go over what Glenn said in his in his message so if you've yep. seen it uh, you can follow along uh, if not then you can find the message on uh, the Chronicle Chamber website. I've posted the whole thing up there, so you don't have to go trawling through Facebook to find it. Um, so, as we said, Glenn Ford, who, as I'm sure listeners will know, is the Australian artist who has worked for Fruit, um, and Renee White, who those um, that haven't been to the Lee Fork dinners and so forth may not be aware of Renee, but he is a huge fan. We've talked about him a little bit on the show. Um, he's very, very, very passionate and dedicated to the Phantom, and as, as of course, is Glenn. So I don't think there's could be two better people to run through than those guys mm. because they are so passionate. Yeah, definitely. So um, and that's with and with Dudley as well. Dudley's not going anywhere. No, that's true. I was I was going to get to that, Steve. You you jumped in oh, on me sorry. there, mate. No. <laughs> that's all right. But yes, we will may as well say it now. Dudley is staying around. He is going to remain part of the company. So that's really good. All the improvements he made. Um, well, I, I assume stay in place unless the guys come up with an idea they feel is better. And of course, Dudley's. Um, Input will still be made in the company, so things should go from from good to even better. So, uh, a little bit of info on why it all took so long. Basically, what happened was that when Judith decided to step down uh, from through the company went up for sale. Glenn and Renee were both approached um, and asked if they'd be interested in purchasing the company, as were other parties. Um, Glenn and Renee were approached towards the end of last year, uh, but in December they were told that the other interested parties had been granted the license. Uh, of course, the guys were disappointed, but they, you know, said, "Oh well, such things happen," and just went on with their lives. However, in mid-January of this year, Renee and Glenn were contacted again by King Features because uh, the previous party had changed their minds for whatever reason and backed out of the deal. 
So, of course, Glenn and Renee jumped on this chance to, to buy through. And, um, ah, sorry. Yeah, to buy through. And then they had to go into negotiations with King Features Syndicate, who wanted to revise the contract that Fru held in regards to the Phantom. Now, we don't know... In other words, they wanted to try and get more money out of them. Well, yeah, exactly. We don't don't know what the exact details... Don't speculate if you don't know exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, this is King Features. We know what King Features is like. Anyone who's a fan for a little while knows. And any good company, when a contract comes up, you got to try and get as much money out of them as possible. Well, that's true. Yeah. That is so, true. So, you know, they are a multi-million dollar company, so I think it's safe to say they were trying to get more money. Yeah, probably. Um, but whatever the, the details of that renegotiation were, we don't actually know what they are. So, yeah, the money probably was a big part of it. We don't know if they wanted through to change, you know, the comic from black and white to colour or anything like that. We, we haven't been made aware of, of that sort of thing. Uh, anyway, it took um, a while, as we have all noticed, for the negotiations to be worked out with King Features. Um, so there was a lot of toing and froing between the parties. Now, the reason that people have people have been saying that Fru weren't telling the fan base enough about what was going on legally, they weren't allowed to. If they made any negotiation, uh, any um, announcements I should say any mention of the negotiations they actually would have voided their contract so you know if they posted up on Facebook or oh, we're going in to talk with King Features Syndicate about you know for example the amount of issues that are coming out each year King Features could have turned around and said well you've just broken our deal we're going to go with someone else so they legally actually weren't allowed to say anything hence you know the the lack of information um so there was a reason for it. It wasn't just through being uh, a rubbish company, as some people decided to, to declare them as. Yeah. I, th- I think that was probably the biggest angst that a lot of people had. Like, I think people kind of understood that there were some negotiations, but I don't think people actually understood that they weren't physically actually allowed to say anything. Now... You know, we originally kind of did make mention of it in the last pod, the second last podcast we did and all that. But, yeah, I, I think if Fru had their way again, you know, they might have changed, they might have done things slightly different. But I don't really, I think their hands were definitely tied. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so apart, apart from that, that's kind of covered the negotiation side of it. Uh, Glenn said that, the date of February 25th for the next issue, which is 1745, is still um, current. So as far as Glenn and Renee are concerned, the next issue will be out on February 25th. Um, yay! Yeah, yay! <laughs> so depending on when you listen to this, it's either next week or it's this week if you've just listened to this late. Yeah, exactly. Um, so be excited. Be very excited. So it's probably going to be exactly... Um, as they originally planned, I don't think it's going to be anything fairly, you know, anything special to celebrate the new ownership or anything because they just want to get the comic out there. Um, according to Glenn, it's actually finished being printing, uh, being printed. It needs to be picked up by Gordon and Gotch, who are the um, distributors, and that takes about a week. Hence the space between it finished being printed and getting to comic stores and news agents. Um, so yeah. 
February 25th, we will have our first through issue for the year. Very soon after that, although there's been no date, will be the 2016 annual, so we will still get the annual. And Glenn has assured us that there will be an 80th anniversary special and that they're working on something very, very special that, in his words, will knock our socks off. So when you read it, make sure you don't so wear special. your best sorry, socks. Sorry, knock mine off. <laughs> well, over in Perth, it's too hot to wear socks. So. <laughs> it's a bit like that here in New South Wales, actually. I'm stinking today. Anyway. <laughs> Not today. I'm wearing my Uggs now. It's pretty cold down south. Oh, lucky you. Down south in Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's all. That's all the uh, good stuff as far as you know what's definitely happening. Um, apart from that, Glenn said that the company has a lot of ideas. Uh, he says some of which we hope will surprise you, and some we feel are expected and perhaps long overdue. Now, what those are, we don't mm. know, but it's it's very interesting. Um, so before we get into anything specific in, in what uh, myself and the rest of the guys feel about this letter from Glenn, I think we should just say, you know, from Chronicle Chamber and X-Band and everything, thank you, Glenn and Renee, for finally getting this sorted, because <laughs> I, I know Jermaine's been inundated with messages and emails from people, I have as well, so... You know, it's been a very tense time for all fans, so it's, it's... And I'm sure Dudley and Free have as well. Yeah, so it's a great to see this has finally, finally been resolved, and we can look forward to our new comics. As, as we've been saying, we're looking forward to discussing the new issues coming out of Free instead of the issue being Free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right, guys, so now that we've gone through the basics of what Glenn said in his message. Is there any points of this you want to talk about, you want to point out that you think are of interest? Um, I think it's... Um, I'm just going over the notes that we've made. So when he's talking about the 2016 annual follow pretty quickly, it's interesting that he hasn't given a date and from our regular... from the previous discussion we've had they have told us that there will be a minimum of 31 comics. So I'm I'm, assu I'm assuming that we'll probably see a couple of uh st you know a couple of um comics released every week. So that should be that should be nice. Yeah, because they're about month two months behind, which is what four comics I think. So yeah, if they re released one each week, then that would pretty much catch them up. Yeah, so they, they're doing 31. There's uh, so we're two, so we're basically eight weeks, um, and there's 52, so that's 44. So yeah, so basically they're going to have to release, you know, probably about 80 percent of them every week. Mm. Yeah, um, keep them on their toes. Yeah, which I think it'll be good. Um, I think it will also be good for like the subscribers, you know, make sure they're getting their money's worth and stuff like that as well, which I think is important. It's a pretty quick um, turnaround, though. I hope it doesn't affect mm, the production side of the things. The quality, yeah. yeah. Well, um, uh, probably that goes into a good um, uh, good discussion. I, I talked to Renee today, and um, he he knew that we were doing the podcast tonight, and he, he wanted me to stress that there, um, 
that you know their motto is quality over quantity so you know they're not so what i read out of that is that they're not going to you know just try and flood the market of you know cheap cheaply made comics to make a quick buck they're actually wanting to release quality which is going to increase the sales so oh that's good yeah so I, i think that i think that's good i think another thing that's worth noting is that um as you echoing what you made mention before that Renee and Glenn are actually fans first and first of all you know they're not business people they're not um, well they are business people but they're not business people first they are actually fans first yeah um, and I, I you know I think that's pretty important as well yeah exactly I suppose they're thinking you know if this is something I wouldn't want in my collection then it's mm. not worth doing exactly exactly um yeah so i i think that is going to you know with the statement of quality over quantity being a fan first wanting you know to produce stuff that they're happy to bring into their collection i think we will see um you know a decrease in the cheap knockoff stuff um or cheaper made comics and a higher a, a higher quality product which I think will be good. Not really sure how what that exactly means at the moment, but um, I'm liking the sound of it. Yeah. Um, something I thought was really interesting is in the Glenn's uh, message, he says um, one of the most important aspects of all this, meaning the the resurgence of Fru, is that uh, we as fans now have an opportunity to get our voice heard. So Glenn and Renee actually. Uh, inviting fans to actively give feedback on their mm. on their comics, they say you know you know you can contact them via their website, Facebook, uh, send them letters, email, faxes. He even says smoke signals. So if anyone's really keen but it's out in the bush somewhere, <laughs> send them a smoke signal. They we need the feedback. Now I find this really really great because one it shows that they care what fans think and, and yeah. want to meet their their readers' uh, expectations, but also it's almost a complete turnaround from Fru of old. We've mentioned this a couple of times on 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 the show, but especially in the days of Jim Shepard, it felt like he couldn't have cared less what people thought as long as the comics were selling. Um, yeah. He was happy. It didn't matter if you know they were rubbish quality, which you know, admittedly, some of them were. As long as they was you know covering the money, so his bottom line was okay, he was fine. Mm. So this actual um, invitation from Glenn to for fans to give their give them their feedback, I think is really really good. Yeah, and it yeah. follows on with what Dudley's already done as well. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. exactly what I was going to say. In the in the comic in the forum, he's he's still posting the um, or printing the, the negative letters, and yeah. still yeah. you know ones that are still having a go. You know, he'll post them, and, and it also gives him a chance for a um, what they call it, a retort or something. You know, for Retweak? him to, to well, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> to rebuff or re, yeah, like rebuff, rebuff against what is. Um... Yeah. So they open up that forum. You know, here's your say, and you're entitled to your say. Now let me say my part as well. Yeah. So, and, and I like, I really like that. And mm. yeah, that, that, was, that was the part I was going to pick up on too, Joe. Is that yeah, that last paragraph of of Glenn's. Yeah, it, you know, it, being you know making the business more open, it seems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it makes the the company a lot more um, 
trustworthy, I guess, that they actually do care about what they're doing when they do address, you know, whatever people feel are the shortcomings instead of just completely ignoring them, which, you know, had been the previous method of dealing with things. And I also think like, people were thinking that was actually what was happening at the moment as well. Yeah. So, you know, like they're all saying, oh, don't you care about us and rah, rah, rah and stuff like that. So I think it's a, I think it's a, you know, a nod of like, okay, look, we haven't always done this good, but we're going to make it better now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Although a little bit worried that um, Gwen still receives letters and faxes. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, some they they reckon that you know, Phantom fans are generally older, so he's including all ages in there. And if you happen to be at work and an, an idea you know, comes to you, you can just go, oh, and you're not close to your um, computer, you can just jot, jot down a quick message, get to your fax machine and just send it down. Yeah, exactly. Uh... I'm saying that because my computer's far, far away from the fax machine and it, it could happen. But you would have to know the fax number. Well, what, you mean you don't have it programmed in your phone? No, but I don't even know how to use a fax machine. No, I was born sure. in the generation after fax machines. Ours is just combined with the big printer and the photocopier, so you just press the button. <laughs> you still need a number, though. You do. <laughs> anyway, we digress. <laughs> well, just think now you've got those fancy phantom stamps and you can send your letters off with those attached and it'd be all good. Oh, sacrilege. <laughs> your... Not unless they put some, um, you know, not in the dollar value on it. Yeah. What, you weren't one of those people that bought 46 copies of it, Jermaine? <laughs> no, I brought three, but two were for other people, so. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Right, so is there anything else we want to um, mention about Glenn's message before we um, move on? Well, he's asked for our feedback. Now, I know we've given him some feedback, but, you know... Uh, You've got some more? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, reckon, I reckon we quickly go over because they've asked for us. So we might as well give it to them. Um, <laughs> and they probably listen to it. Well, well I'm sure I they know do. they listen to it, so... Um... Sitting down writing copious notes. Yeah, because <laughs> i got nothing else better to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to Especially me. now, you know. Yeah, <laughs> the no. hard part's over. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, <laughs> it's not see, like I, I reckon that. I reckon the hard year. bit's to come. Yeah, of course it is. The, that, I reckon the negotiation was the easy part. I reckon the hard part is now is to is to get to the fan who's actually buying, the, fan, the disheartened fan who either buys and doesn't read or hasn't bothered buying for the last couple of years. We'll call them a Joe, you know, someone like a Joe. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> and then you've got your... Um, and then you've got your the new fan that's yet to come. So, you know, they've got to meet those three criterias. And so I reckon the hard part's to come. That was the easy part. Now they got to now they got to step up the game and actually do the stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, negotiating with lawyers, that's the easy part. Negotiating with fans, now there's a whole oh, different kettle of fish. Oh, well, yeah. you just look at Facebook and you know how it's a different kettle of fish. Yeah. Especially, want... when especially when you've got Facebook and a podcast because, hey, heck, you know, they do something wrong. The whole world will know about it now. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, though, how much stock they put into particularly the things people say on Facebook. Like, 
Yeah, uh, Jermaine, you and I have both met Glenn and Renee. They know who we are, so they can punch us if we say something rude. But these people on Facebook are sort of safe behind their anonymity. So, you know, they can get up there and go on their little tirades and stuff, and it doesn't affect them in any way. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I wonder how much stock, you know, Glenn and Renee would actually put into this. I suppose you can tell when you read them who's giving constructive and concerned criticism over those who are just having a whinge. Yeah, like there was one guy that put a uh, picture of a, a photo of a tombstone that had fruit, you know, with the oh, birth yeah, and the cool. death of it, you know, like something like that. You're probably not going to pay much attention to him. Yeah. Um, especially, but, you know, there's... especially if there's has enough free time to Photoshop that up. I mean, <laughs> get a life. <laughs> um, but... You know, when you're talking about people who are saying, look, you know, like there was, um, oh, there was a guy last night, Bradley Walsh, I think his name was, where he was, you know, he spent, you know, his message was almost as long as Glenn's, where he, you know, where he said, first of all, thank you, and, you know, did all that type of stuff first. And then he said, you know, I'd like to see Heart of Darkness continuing, maybe a comic, you know, a colour issue, some more news stories, some of the dailies that have been missed. You know, I think that type of feedback, I think they will, you know, they will they will lap up and, and follow. But feedback... Yeah, I, I read that. I thought it was very constructive, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that type of feedback is the stuff that they're looking for, is like, you know, look... Whether you buy or you don't buy, or whether you're a new fan or whatever group of fans that you fit into, as we discussed before, what is going to see you continue to buy the comic? Yeah. Um, so I think that's what they're looking for. It's it's interesting though because, like you said before, Jermaine, you've got these different kind of, I guess, genres of fans within the whole fandom, fandom. So. You know, if you do something to try and get in new readers, there's a very good chance that the people that are folk traditionalists aren't going to like it. And if you do something to appeal to the folk traditionalists, the the new fans are going to be like, well, what's all this crap? And then you've got kind of people that float in the middle there somewhere. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be tricky for them. I think... uh, Phantom Man and Phantom Met do a great job of this, where they do... They they do the fork stories as backups, mm. where so in that way it um, and you know we've we've had a taste of through readers have had a taste of backup stories, yep, um, with the heart of darkness, um, and I think Phantom Man and Phantom Met uh, or Egmont we'll just say Egmont do a great job. Like so, what they'll do is they'll do a story, and then they'll either do a whole story or they'll do like a part of a story. Um, and and then every so often they'll do just a story of the newspaper strips. But I think it's a, I think that is a good way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they could go down the the path of um, Hermes where they have several releases, so they have the daily Sundays and then they have their new stuff or you know and stuff like that. So that's another way. Personally, I'd rather it all kind of stay together with the odd special um, that you know maybe is released in another method but um but yeah I, I think that's how you get that's i think that's how you keep the focus and the the average fan happy um but then again i think it's totally different getting the new fan yeah um one person i saw made mention that he he's i think he said he was 30 so he's basically he's 
is our age, not Stephen's age, but our age. <laughs> um, Just rub um, it in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where he mentioned that um, uh, that he wants to see colour, and he was saying that people his age want to see colour instead of black and white. And then there was a, an elderly gentleman, I can't remember who it was, said, oh, I didn't, didn't think of that. And he was, you know, of the other generation, and he said, you know, he's happy with black and white. Mm. So I think that's something they may have to look at as well. I'm getting attacked by my dog here. <laughs> I, think, I, I think I remember reading it um, as their conversation went. I think the first bloke said, well, how about mainly black and white? and do once a month a colour issue or, or something like that. Yeah. Mm. Which so, I think, you know, could work. You know, you have your special either, I don't know, if once a month or, um, you know, quarterly you have a, a special colour issue. I don't, I don't know, it's just an idea, but, yeah. Yeah, it's something to test, I guess it's something to test the market mm. um, and then you could use it as a, as a method to... Um, uh, to try and get that new fan. Yeah. But would you want them all as, the, you know, the one through line as we've got now, or would you like it to be yeah. separate? Because if you have it as the one line, then you're going to have the problem that you do currently, well, well I suppose re- recently, um, with the reprint uh, issues where people such as ourselves well, I suppose me, um, <laughs> who have 56 copies of Alexander's Diamond Cup, don't go and buy that issue because, well, we don't want another copy of those same stories. So if you I have... I think that's them... where you go with the backup stories. Yeah. So that way you're keeping the free person happy, mm. but then that way it can still be the continual run because I think the continual run is important. I don't want us to get down to the um, the way the Americans do it, where they recycle and do a rebranding every two years so they can release 20, 20 covers of number one. <laughs> well, yeah, how many number one issues are there over there? It's, it's incredible. Yeah, I'm gonna um, keep the the continuity going. But um, in saying myself. that, I don't have a problem with not the A issues, but something like the A issues where it's separate. Yeah, well, I wouldn't... I'm not suggesting that they should stop the current numbering of Frill and start again, but I do think it could be a good idea to have separate series for, uh, for like, your fall appearance, like, spin off the, um, the replica issues into their own series. So you still have, you know, the current Frill numbering as it is but then you have this second series from through that's just reprints and then maybe you'd have a third series that's just for younger readers in color and that might only come out once a month or something because you know it's yeah, more like expensive trade paperback. yeah it's more expensive to to produce color so maybe through only does it you know once a month instead of fortnightly or something like that yeah that could work the because... problem i have with the reprint is that who will buy them because then one they're not done properly and two, Herms has already done, is already doing it. So they've missed the boat with what Herms is yeah, doing. Yeah, but, but Herms is really high-end market. Like, you're looking at at least 60 bucks a volume. Where I think through, if they did their own version and they were kind of in the middle there, so not quite just the normal 
comic that we get now, but not a big hardcover thing, something more like a trade paperback, a soft cover, you know, maybe around the $15, $20 mark that collects, you know, five or six stories. I think there'd probably be a market for that because they're nice to hold, they're easy to read. Um, fans that are collectors would probably buy them anyway. Uh, it's an easy way for newer fans to read the older stuff. Um, and if people are really insane and want to keep their hardcover Hermes on the shelf unopened, they can then buy these and have a reading copy. <laughs> yeah, would you buy them? Um, if those and Herms had started at the same time, I probably would have gone for them. But because I've, I've already invested a lot of mo money into Hermes Press, I probably would stick with those. Steve, what would you do? Um, well, seeing as I haven't invested the money into the Hermes Press, I'd probably pick them up. Okay. But I have there. Yeah. So, and, and okay. we have yeah. mentioned, too, that a lot of Phantom fans, and it is changing, we, I realise that, but a lot of Phantom fans still don't go to comic stores, and where else do you buy Hermes stuff from unless you do it online? Sure. Um, so, you know, <laughs> we can't get it at my comic store. Well, there you go. So if this, these <laughs> things started to appear in, I know, bookshops or, you know, were advertised in through issues themselves and people could buy them through the through web, website, they're going to be a lot easier for people to get hold of. Um, well, I suppose more so Australian and New Zealand fans and international ones than the Hermes Press stuff is. Yeah. Did you ever see those uh, Indian ones where they did, like, three, four stories in, like, it's like a digest? Best way to describe them is, do you remember the old... Archie comics, and they yep. have a little Archie Digest. Mm -hmm. Yep, I know the so one you mean. Basically like that. So it was kind of like you know one panel per lot, you know per line, mm. and then it was you know, but yeah, I guess reading an Archie comics probably the best way of. Um, they they seem to be fairly popular over there. So I don't know. I I think I would rather see them focus on something else than what Herms hasn't already done. But yeah. I can see where you're coming from on why they, on why it may be a good idea. Yeah. I suppose they just need to figure out what market they want to attack. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, there's no point in us telling us this because they're both, all three of them are smart people. But um, I think, you know, like there's the lie-lowing fruit that, you, you know, you target first and... Mm. Um, you know, which is the easy stuff to target, i.e., you know, being responsive on Facebook, um, you know, getting comics out regularly and stuff like that, and then that way they can build the trust again, um, and then people will be happy with them, and then when they experiment with any of those type of ideas, you know, then people will be more responsive. But I think if they came out with any of those ideas straight away, I don't know whether they'll be as responsive at the moment. Yeah. Well, I think it'll take. Because, yeah. Take a even while for groundwork first. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's not Renee Glenn's fault that there's been two, you know, two months, two months without a comic. People, you know, don't see it that way. They see it as, oh, they stuffed us around. You know, there's two months without a Phantom comic, you know, and so I, yeah, I think. I would like to see some good comics coming out, and then. You know, and then them starting to uh, um, wet our appetites with some of these other brilliant ideas that they say they have, and they'll probably get from other fans' suggestions as well. Yep. 
Yeah, I'm really keen to find out what these ideas are. <laughs> yeah, something that is in, is worth suggesting. Now we haven't announced this yet, but some countries have actually aren't actually releasing their anniversary special in February. So it's interesting that other countries aren't doing that, um, and so neither are free. So when you kind of look at it that way, I don't think through missing the 17th, which is tomorrow, is going to be that big a deal. Yeah. Mm. So, I've got a question, though. We've got the annual coming up. Do you reckon it's going to have a replica issue with it? Because people have been saying they're sick of that thing for a long while now. A lot of people have, but then... Now, I don't know whether this is just some, you know, people putting a spin on it like, you know like what they put a spin on with the replica series or not. Um, but remember that one year they didn't put the, the replica issue in? Yeah. Apparently, now, from you know from what my memory is and, and what the person responded, I think it was Jim at the time, he said that there was a lot of correspondence from people saying that they wanted the, the replica back and that's why they, took, they, why they put it back. Yeah, okay. So if that's the case, I'm very, very sure we will see a replica and we probably will see one until it meets up with the um, other replica series that's counting down from 200. <laughs> so I'll just meet in the middle and call it a day. <laughs> well, I'm hoping. Um, because but... now that we have a talented artist on the team, I was hoping for you know something different, a nice poster or something like yeah. that. Just anything but the oh. replica. <laughs> You, I think seeing they're just wanting to get it out, I think for this time we probably will see Replica. Maybe yeah. next year or maybe even in the 80th anniversary we may actually see some uh, additions. Mm. Um, another thing I would like to see is actually some other fruit products. Mm. Um, like that's fruit, fruit Phantom Undies and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it might be a bit awkward saying to Glenn and Renee, oh, we've got your business name on our on our jocks. Um, <laughs> be real up close and personal, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> we could we could all wear them over our through your fruit hole. We could <laughs> we could all wear them on the outside of our jeans at the next Lee Fork dinner. It'd be great. <laughs> I'd have to have stripes on them then too as well. <laughs> oh, that's true. No, no, no. We should know the one year that I wore shorts to the dinner, we know that it's not a bong bong um, <laughs> yeah. meeting. It is actually a meeting where you got to wear the pants. Yep. Yeah, um, Jermaine got in trouble for wearing shorts one year. It was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, accidentally packed the wife's pants, but never mind. That's another story. Oh, oh, <laughs> we don't want to know what you get up to in your spare time. <laughs> but we all know who wears the pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? But no, back in the 50s and 60s, they released some of the rings, the uh, the little uh, paper gun uh, and the little pin and stuff like that. And then you've had the poster back in um, the f first couple of annuals and stuff. And then we had the post the two poster sets um, a couple of years ago with Steve. Mm -hmm. They're the type of things that I wouldn't mind seeing as well is, you know, quality stuff, maybe some even some art that hasn't been used before on a cover or something like that. Um, but, you know, like stuff like that that you could buy um, 
I think that would work. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, some of that type of stuff is I would like to see as well. Yeah. And would you only just be buying it off the website or should they be doing, you know, a big push into the um, local comic shops? I reckon they should do both. Well, I um the post that uh that was on Chronicle Chamber that got reposted by my local comic book store, so you know and by the time I saw it half an hour later after it done it it already had like you know twenty odd likes on it so you know so obviously there's you know there's people that would probably buy the stuff if it was cool yeah because um, the the comic stores I've been in um. And obviously, I haven't been to every single one in the country, but of those of I have been in, the Phantom always seems to be sort of shoved up the back corner somewhere, or at least kind of almost an afterthought. The only one that yeah. that's kind of the exception to is King's Comics in um, Sydney, where they have a bit of a, a stand, and there's some of the yeah. um, I don't know what they call I can't remember what it's called here, but the CGC graded through issues and stuff. Um, we've heard mentioned from other fans that some stores don't even stock the Fru Phantom, um, yep. which is kind of shocking. So I think if Fru really did a big push into the comic market and make, like you say, Jermaine, made the Phantom a cool character to buy and, and read again, try and... I think the biggest problem that the Phantom has in Australia, while he's really well-known, <laughs> he's still very much got that, oh, this is, you know, your grandfather's or your dad's hero. He, he's not, you know, what the, what the young hipsters read. So if they could sort of, and I'm not I'm not saying that they have to make the Phantom hip and cool, but you know if you could sort of distill that stereotype a little bit, mm. in some way would be really good. Um, just to go back to the annual thing for a minute, Steve, as a newer Phantom reader, what what's your thoughts on the replica uh, issues with the annuals? Um, well, back well, back in the when I was first buying them, I, I was reading them, but um. Now, since I've come back to buying them again, I, I haven't. I find myself not reading them. I, I read the annual, but I don't really touch the um, the um, the replica. Yeah. Um, and I I, I do bought bought it and bag it. It's not like yeah, separately to the. It's kind of like a toilet roll. You know, you use the toilet paper <laughs> and then the toilet roll just kind of gets left behind. <laughs> That's like, a very strange analogy, analogy, but. but... <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would have used that, but um, yeah. If, uh, what, what number are we up to with the? With exactly. The... What number are we up oh, to? I have no idea. In the corner, like the uh, roll, I'm just mate. thinking if we if we had a nice round number like twenty, then that'd be good, that. or, or something like twenty-five, maybe. I don't mm. know. Um, yeah. And then yeah, if they put out a like a a poster thing, like you were saying, I think that'll be really cool. Um, I'm sure they can find an artist somewhere, you know, close by, who wouldn't mind doing one. I think I think, <laughs> I think the owner's one, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, but Wouldn't he's too he busy himself to do one. <laughs> I wonder how much he'd charge himself to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's too busy running in a company now. He can't. He can't do all that art stuff. Oh, there's three of them though. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. If it's not gonna, if it's not gonna be Glenn, you got Jermaine and. I mean, not what's his name? You're Jermaine. Um, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're doing well, Steve. <laughs> yeah. and, and Dudley's had a crack at a couple too, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he has. So, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I reckon there's, yeah. there's scope for doing something different like that. But, yeah. yeah. I, I think you're right. And I think, I think um, 
Seeing, I think also seeing Glenn has had a history in um, running a comic book store. He'll kind of, you know, obviously it's changed a bit since those days, but he'll be able to um, kind of know a little bit more about them than probably some other places. Yeah. Um, um, I think the last replica issue, by the way, was number 22. Just looking okay. at my database here, but I think that's right. Um, but yeah, but it's obviously not a very high importance in our collection. No, well, I'm exactly like Steve. I get the annual, and the replica issue just gets chucked in the comic box, never to be looked at. And I read the annual. So yeah, I don't even do that. I just keep it bagged and boarded and just chuck it straight in there because there hasn't been anything in the last probably the last fifteen annuals that's been worth opening. <laughs> I don't know. I thought the last one was all right. Yeah, I don't even remember it. <laughs> the one, um, uh, the one with the with the great cover, you know, with him sitting on the skull throne, that was an excellent ending. Yeah, the, the replica of the movie poster. Yeah, yeah, it was a brilliant cover, but there was nothing actually inside it that was worth opening. Didn't it have Jungle City or whatever it's called. The um... yeah, but I've got that story. Oh, now, if they put if they put say like a hundred pages of the Heart of Darkness in it, uh, oh here we or go, a couple of newer <laughs> couple of stories that <laughs> haven't been published, and that way they can keep both people happy. The average <laughs> fan that wants to read a new story, and then the then the fan who just believes that everything else is rubbish, you know, the focus. Um, <laughs> you'll be able to keep both fans happy, and then I would have to sounds like a two. sec, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It does. Well, I, if you if you ever hear them go on about it, it pretty much is a sect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I must yeah. admit, the last annual, I bought two copies. That's that's how excited I was to finally have an annual that looked half decent. Um, and I, I did read the annual itself, and as you said, Jermaine, every single story in there is a reprint. But because I was excited about this annual, um, you know, it wasn't... Jim anymore just kind of doing it because he'd been doing it for the last 20 years or whatever it was it was um was it still Steve at that time um I think the previous one would have been Dudley but it was around that time yeah, yeah. It, it was around that time um but yeah they were really pumping they were gonna they were saying yeah we're gonna try and make this as good as we possibly can so because of that and of course the cover helping I was really excited and I actually read the stories and I've got to say I really enjoyed oh at least at least 90% of the stories in I think there was one in there I didn't really enjoy it. And I would, and the thing is, because of that excitement of Fru saying, you know, we're going to try to make this as good as we possibly can, I read it. Whereas if they hadn't have done that and it had just been a regular annual, I probably wouldn't have read it. I would have done what you said. I would have yeah. just bought it, chucked it in the comic box, and that would be it. So I think the fact that Fru are actually trying, regardless of, you know, what you feel of the personally feel the story content will be enough to get some fans excited and reading it again because obviously it, it worked for myself and and by the sounds of it steve as well so it's also great for new readers as well um yeah. like i remember the first annual i ever got as a collector was uh one one two five which had half and half it had half new stories like half Egmont type of stories and a half newspaper type of stories. And I remember skipping a birthday party to read it. <laughs> wow. It was it was my sister's birthday party. I didn't really want to be around, you know, annoying little girls. So 
you know, it was a good excuse. But the point is, is that, you know, it had a great mix. And there's been a couple of other annuals which have the mix as well. So, you know, um, I think the annual has, has a great opportunity to be able to reach the new reader but also the focus to keep them happy um <laughs> but also the average fan as well yeah uh, but i think you're right you know obviously they're putting effort into so it's not just a quantity annual so it's not just not an annual for annual sake which you could argue has been the case previously yeah um so yeah so that is good just on that point of that half and half, it's interesting to note that that annual, which was your first, which was the 96 one, was 324 pages. The last annual, um, no, sorry, not the last annual, the 2014 annual that we were just talking about with the cool cover and stuff, that was 244 pages. So, you know, it's it's almost 100 pages less. So that's going to cut back... Mm. how much of kind of each they can put in there. So it'll be interesting to see what the next annual's um, page count is like. Yeah. To be honest, I don't expect as much or maybe I won't judge as much the next, the annual that's coming out in a couple of weeks' time, mainly because, you oh. know... Um, it's, I'm in the same boat there too, Jermaine. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of like... You know, so I'm not going to be judging it as much because it's not as an afterthought, but it's kind of, you know... It's, it's been stuffed up because of what happened with King Features. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, I'll just be glad to have a comic. <laughs> yeah. Like that, you know, but maybe for the next annual and for the 80th anniversary special, because Glenn said he's still work, they're still working on it, mm. I think they're the type of ones that you'll probably be a little bit more judgy on. Yeah, well, I, th- I think... You know, and not to try and scare Glenn and, and Renee, but I think if they don't nail the 80th, there's going to be torches and pitchforks coming out from <laughs> a, a lot of fans' garages. Well, they, they, they did tell us that, um, you know, if we are to bad mouth, just give them a bit of a warning first. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether he was joking about that or not, but um, it's all right. We'll, we'll, just, we'll, we will pre-warn you. Just so they can have a <laughs> bottle of rum while they're listening to the... To the podcast, sate their nerves. <laughs> no, well, they could almost give us an advanced copy, you know. And yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. A review copy, one for each of us, seeing we yeah. are all in different places. Yeah, well, we have told them that we are open to bribes. Yep. And when, when I um, eventually go overseas, you know, I still expect the shipping to be free on my on my review copies. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I think probably... Not not wanting to make this too long, but I think probably the other thing that we probably do need to say is that Glenn and Renee have agreed to come on here and like do an interview like we have done with other people before. Yep. Um, so that will be great to do. Obviously, they need to settle in and you know get everything sorted, and because doing a podcast is not as important as getting the latest comic out. No, exactly. Let's be honest. Exactly. So it'll be great to have them. So um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of uh, questions and, and stuff. And yep. Yeah. When, when we um when we know uh the date, or, you know, when we're gearing up for them to come on, we'll put a post up on Facebook so people can send their um questions and and things like that. So listeners will be made aware of it before it happens. So if there are any questions that you might want to ask, you'll you'll have your chance to do that. 
Um, but like your main says, we've just got to wait till Glenn and Renee are ready to to move forward with it because they've got a lot of stuff on their plate at the moment. <clears throat> Definitely. Right. Um, well, we've been going for almost an hour, guys. It's probably about time to wrap this up. Is there anything else we want to say about Fru finally coming out of the no, darkness? We're looking forward to my new comic. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And the new comic, if it's still the same story that they advertised that we're going to release, it is actually a follow-on from Hero's Death Sentence, which was in 1032, which I don't know if anyone remembers it. It was when um, Hero got injured and he was about to put down Hero and then the doctor said, oh, hang on, with this new breakthrough technology, I can save him. And he was internally grateful to the doctor. So we actually see him back in oh, the cool. story. So, um, yeah, so maybe if you're still hanging out, maybe you need to dust out that uh, annual and have a bit of a read of that so you can um, uh, be catch, caught up on who the character is and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I'll have to reread that. I can vaguely remember it, yeah. but I'll have to reread that. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. Cool. Right, well, um, that'll do us for this episode of Expand the Fan Podcast. If you would like to share your opinions on Fru's re-emergence, you can do so via um, Facebook, uh, you can do so via Twitter, you can do so via Google+, or you can email us at chroniclechamber at gmail.com and all the links to those various social... Yeah, smoke signals. Do we do smoke signals? I was, I was actually thinking, do we have a fax machine? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I might even set up the dial-up modem just in case. <laughs> the thing that screams at you when it turns on. Yeah. Does anyone know semaphore? We can... You know, get that happening too. Um, so, so whatever form of communication you see fit. <laughs> but you can find the least beacons on mountaintops, homing pigeons. Um. Oh, Glenn's gonna not, never hear the end of that. He's probably never gonna come on because we've been no. stick about that as well. Morse, Monkey mail. Morse code by drum. That Fracker. that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all of that, plus the social network links, which you can find on chroniclechamber.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please give us a review on iTunes if you download it through there, because it'll help other people get to know about the show. Check it out. Also, quickly before we go, I'd like to mention that we have started up a Patreon account. For those that know, Patreon is basically a fundraising site for uh, people that create content like ourselves, uh, because the website does, and the podcast, does cost uh, a fair bit of money each year to run. So if you enjoy what we do and you can f- spare a dollar or two you know, a month, then please check out our Patreon, which you can see at patreon.com forward slash chronicle chamber or just follow the links from the website. All right, well, next episode, hopefully we'll be back talking about the first issue of Fru for 2016. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, but if all else fails, we do have a lot of other news and stuff to to carry on with. So we'll see you then. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, guys, for joining me. Thanks for having uh, us, mate. My pleasure. Awesome. All right, fan and fans, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. See ya. <laughs>